Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pganning. Lost my mind, lost train of thought there, but you go to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pganning. You can send messages to the show on Twitter, at GoForGain. Also, you can send messages to the show in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pganning. And also on Twitter, at GoForGain, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. And while you're there on GoForGain, give me a follow. Great show lined up to you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game, Jay Ellis. And Jay is a lifelong Lakers fan, but uh, the NBA playoffs get started today, so we're going to talk to Jay about his thoughts on the upcoming NBA playoffs. Also expected to be joined by Michigan State offensive tackle Fonetti as, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft. And the upcoming NFL draft, what? May 8th. May have my dates wrong. It might be May 7th. May 8th, May 7th, one of those days. It gets started, and it should be an exciting time for a lot of guys uh, whose lives will ever, forever be changed. Also, we're going to be joined by uh, University of South Alabama, former University of South Alabama quarterback Ross Matheny, who will join us, and we'll talk to him about his prep for the upcoming NFL draft. Fofanetti will be joining us at 140. Uh, Ross Matheny will be joining us at 210. And Jay Ellis will be joining us at 2.35. So make sure you stick around, have fun, talk sports, have a good old time. And this is the most wonderful time of the year. I know uh, Christmas is a very wonderful time for a lot of people. Uh, I know the beginning of the baseball season is a great time for a lot of people. I know the start of the football season is a great time for a lot of people. But this, the start of the NBA playoffs, is one of the most wonderful times of the year. I mean, this is great. 40 days and 40 nights and 40 games and 40 days and all these other great things. And it, I mean, it's just basketball heaven right now. This is basketball heaven, and we'll be in basketball heaven all the way up to about June, until June, middle of June. We'll be in basketball heaven. Basketball heaven. So much great basketball to experience over these next 40 days, I mean, it's going to be absolutely exciting, absolutely exciting. This is one of those days where where if you don't have anything to do, you're going to sit on your couch, have a beverage of your choice, prop those legs up, and you're probably not going to move, as you should. 
This is, you don't want to move on this day. I mean, you got four games all day long. It started already in uh, Toronto with the Nets and Raptors, but I mean, you got Nets Raptors now. You got Warriors Clippers at three thirty. You got Hawks Pacers seven o'clock, and then you have Grizzlies Thunder at nine thirty p.m. So guess what? For the next twelve hours, pretty much, you don't even need to move. You shouldn't even move unless you're getting some food, unless you're getting something to drink, or unless you drop the remote and you need to pick it up somewhere. But that's the only time you need to move. You don't need to move because there is so much great basketball going on today. You are in hoop heaven right now. You will be in hoop heaven for the next 40 days and beyond. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited. I mean, you you have this year, not only is it wide open the Western Conference, but I, I'll say it's wide open in the Eastern Conference because you've got to remember something. This is a, a great stat tweeted out by uh, Mark Stein of ESPN.com, an interesting stat when it comes to teams and finishing their record uh, below 500 to end the season. You look at Mark Stein, and he tweeted out only two NBA teams ever were sub-500 in the final 25 games and won it all. The 58 Hawks and the 95 Houston Rockets. And those 95 Rockets, that was the Olajuwon team. And those were some tough teams. I don't remember 58, but the 95 Rockets, that was a tough, tough-minded basketball team. And those boys were tough. Cassell and, and Olajuwon, Drexler, I mean, that was a tough team back then, mentally. Mario Alley, a mentally tough, physical uh, basketball team back then. But, so that tells you, since 1995, it's almost 20 years ago, folks. So, almost 20 years ago is the last time a team who ended their season under 500 in their final 25 games, 25 years ago, it's happened. It hasn't happened since. So these playoffs, Western Conference, is wide open, wide open. But I, I'm going to say the Eastern Conference is wide open with the emergence of the Brooklyn Nets, Toronto Raptors, who are an interesting team. I don't think a championship team, but they, they're playing better. And, you know, the way Indiana has been playing before, we, we looked at the Eastern Conference and, and we were saying – Okay, when it's all said, because there was a point in time there was only two teams over 500, the Pacers and the, the, the Heat earlier in the season. So we were looking at the playoffs and saying, okay, when it's all said and done, it's going to come down to two teams in the Eastern Conference. It's going to come down to Indiana and Miami. Everybody else is just playing pretty much. Everybody else is just playing because none of these teams are really good enough to beat either the Heat or the Pacers. Well, the Pacers went into this crazy funk to end the season. I mean, they're off. They were awful to end the season. Absolutely awful. They went in an awful funk to end the season. An awful funk. I mean, an absolute awful funk to end this season. They're awful. Got off to a tremendous start, and, and throughout the whole season, 
The goal was home court advantage, home court advantage, home court advantage, home court advantage. We need home court advantage if we want to beat the Miami Heat in a seven-game series. That was that was the talk of the Pacers throughout the course of this season, and they got off to a great start. And you thought that it was pretty much a lock that the Pacers would get that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. You thought it was a lock. And then, near the end of the year, the Indiana Pacers started to fall flat on their face. They started to fall flat on their face and just played bad basketball. Bad basketball. And they weren't playing like the team. It was like a midseason collapse. And it was it was strange to see because they weren't playing like a team that expected to win an NBA title. They just weren't. They weren't playing like that team. You make the trade for Evan Turner. That really hasn't worked out too well. And, you know, I remember Charles Barkley talking about after they made the trade for Evan Turner, I remember Charles Barkley talking about, well, this, this puts the, the Indiana Pacers over the top. They made a trade for Evan Turner. This puts the Pacers over the top now. And at the time, it wasn't that far-fetched to believe that that was the case. It really wasn't. But then, you know, after February 20th, you, you saw four-game losing streak there in March. I mean, this was a team that lost, what, five out of six games in uh, March. This was a team that ended the season winning their final two games, beating OKC and beating Orlando, excuse me. But this team has had a lot of struggles, a lot of struggles. And you look at this team, and, you know, I I said March, but, you know, in March they were awful in March, absolutely awful in the month of March. So this team now, is struggling, and they're limping a little bit into these playoffs. Limping. So, I mean, they went on a four-game losing streak in March and didn't lose, you know, six out of eight games in March during a stretch from March 19th to the end of March. So it's been a struggle in Indiana. And, you know, Roy Hibbert came out and said, we got a bunch of selfish dudes on this team. A bunch of selfish dudes. Roy Hibbert said a bunch of selfish dudes on this team. And, well, you know, you look at the numbers, and and I talked about this before, but the numbers kind of support that because this team is 27th in assist. 27th in assist. A lot of people have pointed at Lance Stevenson. A lot of people have pointed at Evan Turner. But I look at this team, the Indiana Pacers, and, and when I talked about and when we talked about the Eastern Conference, we were saying there was a collision course of Miami and Indiana, and they were on a collision course. I mean, it was really, let's just forget about the first two rounds of the playoffs. Let's just play the Eastern Conference Finals, and let's just call it a day. Because at the time, throughout the course, at points of the season, no one gave any other team an opportunity, to, a shot to beat these teams. No one gave these teams a shot. I look at Brooklyn, 4-0 against the Heat this season, seemingly peaking at the right time, playing good basketball. 
playing some good basketball in Brooklyn. So they're peaking at a good time. Toronto's playing good basketball, but one of those teams is going to go out. You got Chicago. I, I don't think Chicago has the firepower, but I think Chicago has the, uh, enough to give probably my, uh, well, maybe Indiana if they get by Chicago, I mean Washington, but they have enough firepower to give Washington trouble. Can't, I, I don't I mean, excuse me, Indiana trouble. I don't think Chicago is going to beat Indiana or Miami, but I believe they have enough, enough firepower, not enough firepower, excuse me, to beat those teams, but I do think they have enough to stretch these teams. They have enough to, to, to make these teams play more games than they need to, and it would only be the Indiana Pacers since the Miami Heat are in the second seed. But I look at Brooklyn, 4-0 against the Heat. If they can get to Miami, I don't think they beat the Heat in a seven-game series, but I think they have enough to stretch the Heat. And I, I look at it this. I look, I look at this first round, more so in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I, I look at this, especially if you're in the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade. You don't want a, a lot of games with him. You, you want as little games as possible. <laughs> you want the minimum, if you can, because you know – your situation with Dwayne Wade, hamstring, what, sore Achilles, knee, the knee, hamstring, I mean, Achilles, you know, a lot of soreness on this man's body, and he's missed a lot of time throughout the course of this season. So you, as the Miami Heat, want to play as little games as possible because the possibilities of losing a Dwayne Wade. And, and as I come into these playoffs today, and, I, and I'm just talking about the Eastern Conference. When it comes to the Eastern Conference, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, situation, whatever you want to call it, is the health of Dwayne Wade. If Dwayne Wade is healthy, the Miami Heat, as far as I'm concerned, get back to the NBA Finals. If he's not healthy, then the Miami Heat may possibly lose to the Indiana Pacers. But I still believe, when it's all said and done, that the Heat and Pacers will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. It may be a little harder than we thought, but they're still going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I believe, when it's all said and done, if Dwayne Wade is healthy, that the Miami Heat beat the Indiana Pacers in a seven-game. I don't know if it'll go seven, but I know the Miami Heat will beat the Indiana Pacers. And here's the thing. It should, here, here's what I want to happen. I would love for Brooklyn and Chicago to both win because I, I look at Chicago. Chicago is a similar team to Indiana on some level, obviously minus a Paul George who, who gives you points, who, who gives you a guy that can put the ball in the basket consistently. But they're similar teams in terms of their big teams, their physical teams, their defensive-minded teams. So similar in that respect. So I, I think that would be a very intriguing series. And obviously Brooklyn and Miami would be intriguing from the standpoint you got those old, the old Celtic guard and KG and Paul Pierce. But also you have the Brooklyn Nets who are 4-0 in the regular season against the Miami. And, and that always doesn't mean anything. But it does say that possibly uh, uh, Brooklyn has a matchup advantage on some level. 
and has something that they could possibly exploit and has something that could keep them competitive in the seven-game series. doesn't mean they win a seven-game series just because they won the season series, but it does mean that there's always the possibility. You know what I mean? So when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, Indiana and Miami will get there in the Eastern Conference Finals. It won't be as hectic, or excuse me, it won't be as easy as we thought it would be. It's going to be a little tougher than we thought it would be, but I believe it's still going to happen. But I look at, you know, this first round and, and Indiana and Atlanta, and, you know, obviously the Atlanta Hawks are a team that I didn't want to see in the playoffs because I wanted to see the Knicks get there because I thought the Knicks would have a better chance to beat the Indiana Pacers. I'm not saying they're, you know, I guess it's not really beat because I don't think the Knicks would have beat the Pacers in a seven-game series, but the word is stretch. The word of the, word of the day is stretch. And I think the Knicks would have been able to stretch the Indiana Pacers. I really do. So I wanted to see the Knicks in this series, but I look at Indiana going up against the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, remember last time these two teams played, the Atlanta Hawks just beat the Pacers down. Beat them down in in that game. Beat them down. And, you know, the Pacers were still fighting for home court advantage throughout these Eastern Conference playoffs, and the Hawks were fighting for their playoff lives. But the Pacers were awful. And to me, if the Pacers want to get back or get to the NBA Finals, they need Roy Hibbert to be Roy Hibbert. I mean, Roy Hibbert was 17-9 and in last year's playoffs. I look at Roy Hibbert over the last 10 games, six points per game and, and 3.7 rebounds. It's a 7-2 guy, a 7-2 center, and, and you're only getting three rebounds a game? That's over the last 10 games. We look at the whole March. A whole month of April, five points a game and 3.2 boards per game. Remember, this guy is 7-2. This is a seven-footer. I get the Atlanta Hawks. Average only five points a game and three rebounds and four games against the Atlanta Hawks this season. And you look at the Pacers and wins, and their 55 wins, Roy Hibbert averaged 11 points, 7 rebounds a game. That's when Roy Hibbert's effective. In their, fifth, in their 26 losses, under 10 points a game, 9 points a game, and 4.5 boards per game. So rebounds are down and points are down in their losses when it comes to Roy Hibbert. And then you look at and comparing Roy Hibbert to a season at his season average, and he averaged 10.8 points per game. Well, he goes down double at five points per game. So minus five points per game and minus about minus three rebounds a game. So it says that Atlanta Hawks have been effective. I know they have the Otik who can stretch a little bit, who, who gets Roy Hibbert out of the paint. Millsap can stretch you a little bit. But you look at this series, the Hawks and the Pacers, this is an intriguing series because of how the Pacers have played. I mean, you, you would have talked about this series maybe, what, January. You would have said, okay, 
this is really not a series for the Pacers to be worried about. But obviously we all know what happened in March. We all know what happened in May. And the Atlanta Hawks have had success against the Indiana Pacers. They really have. I think and it makes this such an intriguing series, such an intriguing series. And Roy Hibbert shot only 23% in April. <laughs> I mean, this is a seven-footer. This is a seven-footer. Seven and he says he's ready to roll. He did say he's ready to roll. A seven-footer. <clears throat> so this this is going to be a very interesting series. I mean, obviously the records will say the Pacers, but the last, like I said, last month really has turned this series into a very intriguing series. I wish it was the Knicks. I really wish it was the Knicks because the Knicks would have made this thing just a little more interesting than I think the Hawks can. But I think this is going to go six. I see Atlanta getting two in this series. I really do. When you look at it, even you know, in January, the Hawks beat the Pacers in Atlanta. They split their season series. And the games were fairly close. I mean, the Hawks blew the, the, the uh, Pacers out. April 6th, the last time they played. But in February, these two teams played. Um, the Pacers beat them by 10. Pacers in February beat the Hawks by 4, and then the Hawks beat the Pacers in January by 10. So the regular season series would tell you that this could be competitive. And not only that, but their match, the, 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 the way this Hawks team, not more so the Hawks, but the way this Pacer team has been playing over the final few months of the season. This is an intriguing series, but I believe the Pacers get it done in six. Charlotte and Miami, I don't really – I think the Charlotte Charlotte can be competitive, but I don't see them beating the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat swept the season series. Um, one game was close in December, uh, but, you know, as a whole, they had another game fairly close in, in January, but <clears> – <throat> The Miami Heat are a better basketball team. I think maybe Al Jefferson can take one maybe in game four. He can steal one for the Charlotte Bobcats. And they would need Kemba Walker to be the Kemba Walker that we saw in uh, the NCAA tournament many years ago. But anyway, I don't see I don't see the Bobcats giving the Heat much. I see the Heat winning that series in five. Brooklyn and Toronto I think is an intriguing series. Just its first game of these playoffs, it, it has started. This is an intriguing series. Um, Brooklyn wanted to play Toronto. You know, they they were more comfortable with that matchup against Toronto, and I think also they were they were looking to, towards that second round with the possibility of them being able to play the Heat, a team they have owned throughout the course of this regular season. But Toronto is going to be a tough out. Toronto is going to be a tough out, and they played very good throughout the course of this season. Once they let Rudy Gay go, this team has taken off, and they've taken off big time. They really have taken off big time. And this team, led by Kyle Lowry, and DeRozan, and Valachunas, I mean, this team has really, really, really stepped up their play and ended the season on a high note. It's going to be interesting. Nets are playing some good basketball right now. 
And, you know, they moved Paul Pierce to the power forward position, and they took off. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting series. I, <clears throat> I want Brooklyn to win because of the matchup possibly against the Miami Heat and how intriguing that would be. But it's going to be tough. And I think Brooklyn gets this done. And I like experience. I think experience is going to be the key here. Brooklyn is the much more experienced team here. You know, with, with Pierce and, and Garnett, and, you know, Darren Williams has had some time in the playoffs. I mean, Karolinko has tied time in the playoffs. So this team has the experience advantage. They don't have the home court advantage, but they have the experience advantage. And I I think, I mean, and you look at Brooklyn in comparison to Toronto, I think Toronto's season, no matter what happens, is already a success because they made it to the playoffs. And and no one expected the Toronto Raptors to be in a position that they're in. A lot of people expected them to be vying for Rudy for uh, Andrew Wiggins and, and Jabari Parker. But Toronto's here, and they played some big-time basketball. Dwayne Casey has done a great job. But I will say this, this will be a successful season for Toronto no matter what happens. Brooklyn goes out in the first round. It's not a successful season. So with that being said, I, you know, you got Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, guys with a lot of pride and, and guys who, who, you know, want to have one last run at it. And I remember I remember back in, in 2010 that Celtic team, and obviously you had Rondo and Ray Allen to go with Pierce and Garnett, but I remember that team back in 2010, that Celtic team ultimately made it to the NBA Finals and lost to the Lakers. But I remember that team of Boston and Pierce and Garnett when they played the Cleveland Cavaliers in that second round. And no one expected them to to get as far as they got. No one expected them to beat the Cavaliers in the playoffs. And then I look at that team, and then not only did they beat the Cavaliers, but they also beat the Orlando, Orlando Magic, two of the top two, te- the top two teams in the Eastern Conference record-wise back in 2010. And <clears throat> they were able, no one expected them to do it, and they were able to do it. Now, I'm not saying this team, this Brooklyn team, is as talented as that team we saw from Boston in 2010. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you got some you know, similar cast of characters in, in terms of what we see from, from, you know, in terms of Pierce and, and Garnett. So it, it makes it intriguing on some level. It makes it interesting on some level. But I just I want to see again. I want to see. I want to see, and I hope it happens. I want to see Brooklyn and Miami in the second round, Chicago, Indiana in the second round. In a perfect world, that what would happen for me personally. But <clears throat> Toronto is going to be a tough out, and it should be interesting what happens in this series. But I like Brooklyn in. Seven, Brooklyn winning on Toronto's home court, and uh, I'm going to charge that to experience. I'm going to charge that to experience, but it should be interesting because I'm going to make I'm going to be interested in the series. This is going to be a good series. I'm interested in a lot of these series. I mean, <clears throat> Bobcats, Bobcats, Miami, not a very interesting series. Not that intriguing because I think Miami is, is head and shoulders better. Um, Hawks Pacers, I'm intrigued because of how the Pacers have played throughout the course of this uh, second half, but throughout the second half of the season, 
I'm intrigued because of that. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm obviously excited about the possibilities of these playoffs. I'm excited, man. I, I really am. Bulls, Wizards. I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. But I think experience, again, the Bulls have the experience. And they're such a tough-minded basketball team. And when they're, you know, team that tough, I remember look, watching them last year against uh, the Brooklyn Nets and, and how, and obviously Nate Robinson was there, but they, they took out Nate and they've added DJ Augustine and he's become essentially their Nate Robinson. But I look at Chicago, man, and, and just how tough-minded they were. They showed me their toughness last year. And they've showed their toughness over these past few seasons with Derrick Rose kind of in and out of the lineup. And they've showed their toughness. Joe Kim Noah playing like the best center in basketball with his all-around game. And they're just tough. They're tough. DJ Augustine playing well. Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, and those boys getting it done. I mean, it's just they're a tough team, man. And I think that toughness is going to take a team that's superiorly, that has just superior talent. And that toughness is going to take a team with superior talent. And that's what we saw last year with the Miami Heat. They were a team with superior talent. Bulls won that first game, but the Heat won the next four. And it was just superior talent that just overwhelmed the Chicago Bulls. So this team, with its toughness, is going to take a team that has superior talent to beat them. And that's what it's going to take. And I don't see that Washington has superior talent to Chicago Bulls. They're going to have to be head and shoulders above the Bulls talent-wise. I don't think Washington has that. And I don't even think, to be honest with you, Indiana at this point has that. But I think Indiana is better. And Indiana does have the home court. And I think that will be enough to get Indiana over Chicago. But that's going to be a tough physical series. And I'm, I'm thinking it's going to happen. And I'm charging that to experience. But the Washington Wizards, I can't sleep on them. This is a team that, you know, a very good backcourt. Bradley Beal and uh, John Wall, the Dougie man. But, um, you know, so it's going to be a good series. But I, I like the Bulls. I, I like the Bulls to get it done. And I don't know if I more so like the Bulls or more so I'm rooting for the Bulls so I can see the Bulls against the uh Indiana Pacers in the second round. I almost think, honestly, that the NBA should reseed. I really do. I think they should take the hockey model and reseed after each round. I really do. I think it would be good because then you won't have teams, quote-unquote, tanking near the end of the season to get favorable matchups, not only in the first round but the second round. Because you look at the Nets, I mean, you know, you could say they tanked to get the Raptors in the first round, but you also can say they tanked with the possibility of getting the Miami Heat in the second round. So I almost think the NBA should take the model. NFL, they recede pretty much after the uh, first round. They all recede. And, and I think the NBA should recede after the first round. I really do. Because, again, I think I think it would give you a chance to, A, stop teams from tanking to end the season, and B, and B, you know, I think it would just be intriguing. And I think it gives teams who I, – I just think it, it stops tanking, and that's important. It stops tanking near the end of the season. 
And speaking of tanking, we're going to get to the Western Conference later in the show, but in the East, I have the Miami Heat playing the Indiana Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I have the Miami Heat going to the NBA Finals. That's in the Eastern Conference. We'll get to the Western Conference later in the show, and it should be the Western Conference is going to be just as intriguing as the Eastern Conference. I want to go to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, their owner has called this season a success, a 19-win season, um, which included a 26-game 20 losing streak, has been deemed a success by ownership Josh Harris, by the owner Josh Harris. And he said, I think this season has been a huge success for us. A huge success. A huge success. He went on to say, we don't want to be 41 and 41. We don't want to be one and done. We want this team, this city, to be proud of the Sixers. We want to be proud of the Sixers. And I look at this, obviously it's, 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 it's candid. Obviously as honest as I don't know what. But this is something that should be said. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, I'm a, I, I'm a lifelong Sixers fan. And I knew what 2013-2014 was all about for the Philadelphia 76ers. And as a fan, I was okay with it because I knew what happened the previous season. This was a, it's not like this team didn't try. The previous season, they tried to get Andrew Bynum. They got Andrew Bynum, but they didn't play one single minute for him. And hasn't played a lot of minutes over the past two seasons. But he didn't play one single solitary minute for this ball club. So they tried. They, they tried to be different. They tried to do something drastic. They tried to make change. And they tried, and they were unsuccessful. Who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like the Atlanta Hawks, who make the playoffs every year? What, seven straight years? They make the playoffs every year. But at the end of the day, they're, they're a second-round team. And, and you know they have no shot of winning a championship. Do you want to be that? you want to be as Adam, as Josh Harris says, 41 and 41? You don't want to be that either. You want to be a team that can compete for a championship. You want, to, uh, uh, you want players. You want players that can help you win a championship. Superstars help you win championships. And the Philadelphia 76ers, they need a superstar. And I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, or Joel Embiid are superstars. But what I'm saying is you have an opportunity. It's a chance. I mean, Wiggins could turn into a superstar. Parker could turn into a superstar. Embiid could turn into a superstar. Gives you an opportunity to, to get them, and it gives you an opportunity to draft those guys and give you an opportunity with the hope that these guys could be superstar caliber players. So, I know what this season was all about for the Philadelphia 76ers. I was okay with it. I mean, there was points throughout the course of this season, and it pains me to say it, where I was rooting for this team to lose. And I was saying, you know what, give me competitive, give me close, but give me an L at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Give me an L at the end of the day with the opportunity of giving me ping pong balls, with the opportunity for me to get the number one pick, or with the and with the opportunity of me getting my hands on a possible superstar player, Sixers won't get no less than a fifth round pick. Also, New Orleans Pelicans are slated for the tenth pick, and the Sixers have that. 
Now, if that pick is that pick is protected one through three, so if they can, more than likely, they're in position to get the second and the tenth pick in this draft, which should be able to get you two decent players, and what should help you moving forward to go with what you already have and probable rookie of the year, Michael Carter Williams, Nolan's Noel, who's set out this whole season. He's coming back next season. So you have some building blocks, and you have a team that's building for the future, and you have a team that, who knows, if they can draft right. I mean, you look at Oklahoma City. They were The reason they are in the position they're in is because this team drafted very well. Sam Presti drafted very well. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka. I mean, these teams, that team, that team drafted well. They had the assets, and they drafted well. They did. I mean, you remember, you look at that, that Sonics team. They were the Sonics at the time. But, you know, they, they came off the playoffs that one year. I, the year escapes me, but it was Ray Allen's last year in Seattle. But they, they were in the playoffs. They made it to the, I believe, the second round in the playoffs. And then after that, from there, they broke it down. They traded Ray Allen to Boston. I believe that was 2007. The 2007 Seattle Sonics. Um, but ultimately, they traded Ray Allen to Boston, got Jeff Green, drafted Kevin Durant, and they basically started over at that point. And that was a playoff team that they broke down. That was a playoff team. So Sam Presti broke it down and, and, and pretty much built it back up into what it is today, which is a championship-caliber team, which is a team that – I mean, at this point, they're going to be, as long as they keep Durant and Westbrook, they're going to be in contention for years to come. And they might even win a championship this season. They might even get it done this season. So this is a team that broke it all down to build it all back up. Broke it down and built it up. And they built it up with a purpose of ultimately winning a championship. And they may get that. They may get that. And But the reality is it was all made possible because they broke the team down, broke it up a little bit, and got them in position to ultimately be able to compete, put them in position to ultimately be able to compete. And that's what this whole thing is about. That's what this whole thing is about, winning championships. This thing is about winning championships. And Sam Presti did a heck of a job in, in, in putting his team in position to win a title, put him in position to win a title, and you know, so you, you got to break this thing down down sometimes, and you got to uh, most importantly, you got to draft well, and and that's the key. It's, it's one thing to get the assets; it's another, it's a whole another ball game to use the assets properly. The whole a whole another game to use the assets properly. And I'm, I I guess I was mistaken about Seattle, but anyway, 
when I look at it, I look at um, Seattle, but they did trade trade away Ray Allen to get Jeff Green, and you know they got Kevin Durant, and you know ultimately they built their team from there. But the bottom line is, they drafted Harden, they drafted Ibaka, they drafted Durant, they drafted Westbrook, they drafted well. They drafted well, and that's the key. That is the key. You have to be able to draft well. You have to be able to draft well. You have to. It's, it's, it's big, and that's what the Sixers are going to have to do, draft well if they want to make this tanking season of of 2013-2014, the ultimate success. We're, we're not going to see if this, I mean, the success of this season for the Sixers is coming in June. It, it's coming in June. The success of the Sixers is coming in June. That Everything built up to, to the draft lottery and ultimately to the NBA draft. That, that's what this season was about. This season wasn't about winning. Winning was the last thing on the minds of anybody on this roster, anybody on this team, anybody, anybody. So winning was the last thing on the minds of anybody. It just was for the Philadelphia 76ers. So when, when, when their owner says this season was a success, at the end of the day it was a success. But, again, better left unsaid. Better left unsaid. The Sonics actually made the playoffs in 2005. That was the last time they made it to the playoffs. They lost to the Spurs in six. They lost to the Spurs in six. So I got my ears a little mixed up. But ultimately, you know, they did trade away Ray Allen, and, you know, it ultimately led to, uh, well, they traded away Ray Allen in 2007. And you wonder if they would have kept Ray Allen and and Kevin Durant. Who knows? Maybe they could have tried to compete and be successful. But, you know, they they traded away Ray Allen, got Jeff Green, and ultimately, again, they thought that those two were going to be building blocks. Durant was. They decided Jeff Green, they needed to trade him away. They got Kendrick Perkins ultimately to get over the top. But ultimately, they got Russell Westbrook. Ultimately, they got James Harden. And ultimately, it led to this team being successful and being a championship-caliber team. Switching gears now to the NFL, Alden Smith, we all know the story last week, arrested airport in uh, Los Angeles, reporting a false bomb threat. I mean, he faces the possibility of one year in prison at this point. Um, this is a guy who had some run-ins with the law, numerous run-ins with the law, you know, arrested twice, DUI in the last 27 months, facing some, some felony weapons charges at this point. At this point, it seems like the Niners will not pick up his option for 2015. He probably will be on... Uh, will be given an opportunity if he's not suspended by the commissioner to if he's not suspended or in jail, he'll have an opportunity to I mean obviously they're gonna give him an opportunity if he's not suspended or in jail with the forty ers 
I mean, they're going to give him an opportunity. He probably won't be suspended for the whole year, but he's probably going to get a sizable suspension. But most importantly for him, you know, he wants to be able to avoid jail time because that's always a possibility. And so, I mean, in this day and age, with with all the terrorism and, you know, 9-11 and all those things, you know, you you can't just yell out, I have a bomb, you know. And then they said he was belligerent and uncooperative throughout the course of his time at that airport. But you can't yell those things out in, in today's society. You're asking for a lot of trouble when you yell those things out in, in today's world. You just can't do it. I mean, especially especially what happened with 9-11. And, and so you can't do it. You can't do it. So if you're Alden Smith now, you you gotta you got to get things right. You you really have to get things right. And I, I hope for his sake, I hope, you know, obviously this was a dumb move by him, but I hope for his sake he can avoid jail time. I hope for his sake that he can ultimately get himself right. And I hope for his sake that after getting himself right, he can resume his career. Because, you know, even when he missed time last year, he still recorded 12 sacks. This is a guy that can get after the quarterback and get sacked the quarterback. He can he can do it. So I believe if I believe if you know if I just believe that if he if he can get it right off the field, this guy can be a big time player, and he's big time player. But he the big thing about Roger Goodell's NFL is not only what you can do on the field, is what you do off the field because your off the field can affect whether or not you play on the field. So I look at the situation with Alden Smith, and I hope Alden Smith can get it right. I really do. We'll see. Only time will tell. But this guy has done some stupid things over the past uh, couple years, and none more stupider than what we saw at that airport in Los Angeles uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, a couple weeks ago. You you can't do it. Not in this post-9-11 society. You cannot do that. When we come back, we're going to be joined by a guy preparing – for the upcoming NFL draft. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Michigan State offensive tackle Fofanetti. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't mean it. anything in the playoffs time. In the playoffs time, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just yeah, don't know man. what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's early. <laughs> That's not Roxy. <laughs> That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. The NFL draft. A couple weeks away. And, you know, somebody's dream is going to come true. We're going to about to bring in a guy who's preparing for this upcoming NFL draft. NFL draft, what, two weeks away? 
going to be exciting, man. It's going to be an exciting time. We're going to bring in a guy now who's preparing for that draft. Let's bring him in now, offensive tackle, former offensive tackle from Michigan State, Foe, Fono T. Foe, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Huge opportunity. Now, Foe, no combine invite for you. So your pro day was a big opportunity to show scouts what you can do. How do you think it went? Uh, a lot of things, you know, I felt I did, uh, you know, really good on. Uh, some things I wish I could have done better. But uh, overall, you know, I definitely got some positive feedback. Uh, definitely a blessing of an experience. And uh, I felt, you know, I definitely went out there and just tried to, you know, show, uh, you know, versatility and, and showing the teams that, you know, whatever challenge they want me to do, whatever position they need me to play, you know, I'm willing to take it on and go ahead and uh, and try it. Now, I heard you say not getting that combine put a little chip on your shoulder. Talk about that chip that's on your shoulder right now. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, it's uh, every every person's dream, you know, coming out to prepare for a journey like this to uh, be able to be blessed with an invite and uh, not having to do, uh, you know, getting that. Uh, you know, definitely uh, tough to accept. But at the same time, you know, got to understand that, you know, some things uh, you can't control and some you can't. And uh, not having that just uh, provided more of a chip on my shoulder just to, you know, uh, go out there and improve myself and uh, really take advantage of pro day and uh, knowing that, you know, that was going to be my combine. That was going to be my only opportunity. So, uh, you know, I just uh, pray that, you know, I definitely went out there and uh, left it all on the line. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, some teams will, will see that and, uh, you know, just bless them with an opportunity. The one thing that's going to help you is your ability to play multiple positions. You play multiple positions throughout your career at Michigan State. Talk about the versatility of Fofunetti. Uh, you know, playing uh, right tackle there, uh, you know, that, that was definitely exciting. You know, for being a tackle, it's uh, definitely different. You're kind of on your own island. Uh, but, uh, you know, Coach Stan and Coach D just did a, did a great job with rotating guys. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach Stan introduced me in, in snapping the ball, you know, last spring and, and did a little bit of that uh, during the season and practices just to get that whole uh, muscle memory there and try to understand it. But, uh, you know, either, you know, if it's tackle, you know, I can play guard. Uh, center, uh, you know, just trying to understand it all. You know, whatever teams need me to play, you know, I'm, I'm willing to play it. What's the preference? Uh, you know, I've uh, definitely, you know, to be realistic, you know, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, six seven, six eight, you know, mm-hmm. with, with that weight to be able to play tackle. So, if anything, you know, I would probably, you know, understand that probably guard or center, uh, most likely. Okay center you know just uh you know i've never done it before you know it's definitely an exciting position you know you see those guys and you know they're smart you know they're, they're, they're quick in making decisions so that's something you know i definitely need to continue to work on and uh you know we'll, we'll see what happens from there we're talking to former michigan state offensive tackle fo funetti and fo what are the things that you feel like you need to improve on to make that impact on the next level uh, one of the things that I've been making a huge emphasis on uh, um, after the off season, uh, after the end of the season, is uh, just trying to put on more weight. Uh, okay. You know, uh, I know every every player will agree that uh, during season and at the end, you, you know, your body is taking a beating. So uh, it's been uh, just trying to help. Uh, you know, trying to put on more uh, more muscle, just trying to add more mass to my frame, and uh, just try to go ahead and continue to do that. But uh, that's been my my most thing is just trying to get bigger and. Uh, be more of a knee bender, 
uh, you know, just be more consistent in, in, in playing. So, you know, that's a lot of uh, many things that I continue to try working on. Now, do you feel like at this point you're you're doing that? You're doing that. You're adding the weight. You're 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 bending your knees. Do you feel like you're doing that? You're starting to do that. Oh yes, yes. Uh, you know, uh, during my uh, the, uh, where I went to train, I was in uh, Cincinnati at Ignition, and uh, you know the, the coaches there just did a great job in just emphasizing, uh, you know, explosive uh, uh, drills, and uh, you know if it was uh, chain squats or things of that, that nature, and. Uh, just really emphasizing on, on doing something like that to help me be a better offensive lineman and just put me in a great position in the future. Now, Fo, you broke your foot back in 2012, but you kind of view that as a blessing in disguise. Tell us why. Uh, because, you know, at the time, uh, you know, I think that was a, my true senior season. And, uh, you know, coming off that big 2011 year, you know, uh, you know, big expectations. So, you know, I'm definitely excited. And, uh, you know, to – you know, going into Notre Dame, which is a huge week. You know, I had that that you know, ended up breaking up my foot and being being declared out for the year. And you know, at the time, you know, I wasn't understanding, you know, what was going to happen next. Uh, you know, I didn't know if I had any like eligibility left, so really struggled with that. And then, you know, I understood that you know I got blessed with the with the uh, extra year. And it took me some time to decide, and uh, you know, I was glad I made the decision because you know, you look at it, you know, we're blessed to you know be Big Ten champs. Uh, you know, winning the Rose Bowl and just uh, getting Michigan State back to that uh, elite level that it is. So, you know, uh, with uh, saying all that, you know, you know the, the, I feel like uh, all those uh, accomplishments speak for itself, in which that was definitely a blessing in disguise for me. We're talking to former Michigan State offensive tackle, Fofo Nettie. And, and Fo, you had an opportunity to end your career at the Rose Bowl at home. I mean, you're a California kid, so you had an opportunity to end it at home. How much did that mean to you? Oh, that was huge. Uh, you talk about uh, blessings, and uh, you know, Coach always emphasized uh, completing your circle. You know, I felt like that was a huge testimony in that, and uh, just being able to, you know, uh, I think I was more excited to play in front of my family and have my family experience a game. And uh, you know, with that being said, the the biggest game of them all, I think I was more excited just to see them finally in, uh, in the stands after you know three years of being away from home. So. And that was a huge blessing, and to be uh, uh, able to win it all, uh, you know, history was made, and uh, I was definitely blessed and, and, and grateful to be part of that. Who was your favorite NFL team growing up? Who'd you root for? Uh, my my cousin's a really big uh, Steelers fan, and you know, when you okay. got an older cousin, you, you know, you just want to kind of, you know, all the all the other cousins and brothers, we kind of just follow him and. You know, right. we, we kind of grew up, you know, understanding the you know, Steelers was, was was a great team, and um, so that that was probably one of the teams I've watched. But you know, growing up, you know, never really, you know, something that I really, you know, sat down and really had to, you know, sit down and watch specifically. But you know, the Steelers was always a team that was exciting to watch. Now the NFL drafts a couple weeks away. Where are you hearing you may go? Is it a situation you may go late late in the draft? You may have to go to free agency route. Where are you hearing? What are you hearing at this point? Uh, as of now, you know, uh, majority of teams have me uh, projected for me uh, probably like sixth, seventh round. Uh, okay. Not, you know, priority free agent. So, uh, you know, just uh, I just continue to stay in contact with my agent, you know, allow him to do his thing and uh, for me just to continue to control what I can here. And uh, you know, definitely just hope for the best and uh, just uh, be excited about that day. What's the day in the life of you right now? What's that day look like as you prepare for this draft? Uh, right now I'm just trying to uh, – 
my mindset is probably just I just want to you know treat it uh, as, as a normal day. Uh, you know, just continue to enjoy being home, be with my family. Uh, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, I don't want to be too high and uh, something doesn't go my way and the next, you know, crash, you know, being too low. So kind of just uh, understand that it's a big day, but at the same time just, you know, uh, you know, kind of hold it in and, and, and just hope for the best in that day and kind of just uh, relax and, 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 you know, let everything play out. I'm a coach, so I'll be the coach. Tell me why. I should draft Fofonetti. Uh, one, one, one huge thing I'll say is, uh, you know, I feel I have a great uh, uh, attribute in, in being a leader. You know, just uh, going into the locker room, understanding the guys, and just trying to, you know, do whatever I can do and in, in, in understanding the, the team's needs. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a team player. Uh, you know, I know that the team's needs uh, come before anything. You know, I'm willing to, you know, sacrifice it all, put it on the line. Uh, I'm a blue-collar worker. You know, I you know uh, that mindset at Michigan State is earned, never given. So, you know, things is, have never been easy for us. So, uh, you know, and for myself. So, I feel you know if you know if the team wasn't willing to you know uh, invest in me, you know they they'll be making a great investment. Uh, you know, I'm definitely coachable. You know, I'm willing to you know uh, be utilized wherever they may need me. Did you have a favorite player growing up? Uh. No, not really. You know, there, there's players that were that were exciting to watch, but you know, I was never really, uh, you know, all you know, gunk ho about, you know, sitting down and, and watching anything. But uh, you know, didn't didn't really have a favorite player. Okay, where, where are you going to watch the draft? Are you going to watch it with your family? Going to watch it alone? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be at home. Um, okay. You know, I'm not. Um, probably, I, I'm not sure. If, I, I probably won't watch the, the you know the first few days because you know that's when you know it's kind of it'll be kind of tough to see. But you know I'll definitely be there to you know cheer on guys I know to uh, cheer on my teammates. But I'll definitely be watching it at home back in uh, California. Okay, okay. So you're gonna watch it with the fam and have a good old time and, and enjoy it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know it's a big day. Like you said, uh, it's a day when uh, some dreams may come true. So you know the guys will only continue to pray that you know. Uh, one of those dreams would uh, definitely be mine. I see that you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Um, uh, my my Twitter name is uh, so you can just find me at fo f o u uh, f o n o t f o n o t i. Twitter name is at uh, speed underscore phi underscore fo. It's kind of I was trying to uh, think of a kind of cool name and. You know, I'm kind of corny, so that was my only, that was my only name. <laughs> Fans, support this man's journey. Hit him up on Twitter at Fee underscore Five underscore Foe, F-O-U, and support some of the great things going on with Foe, Fonetti. Foe, Fono T, excuse me. Foe, pleasure talking <laughs> yes, to sir. you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. I hope I got your name right a couple I know I may, I may have butchered it a couple times, but... I tried. Oh, that's fine. The, the effort was there, though. The effort was there. Phono T. Phono T. I got it. Faux Phono T. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you so much for you, the man. opportunity. I appreciate the blessing. No problem. Let's do it again. Okay, sounds good. Take it easy. Have a great day. Happy Easter. You too. Michigan State, former Michigan State offensive tackle, Faux Phono T. I had it right, and then I messed it up. Faux Phono T. Phono T. I got it. But we wish him nothing but the best of luck moving forward as he prepares 
for the upcoming NFL draft, which is very, very close. The second hour of Go For It starts right now. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything when the playoffs come. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Second hour of Go For Start right now. In this hour, we're going to be joined by former University of South Alabama quarterback Ross Matheny, who's going to talk about his preparation for the upcoming NFL draft. Also, Jay Ellis of BT's hit series The Game will be joining us to talk about the seventh series, the seventh season, I should say, of the game, and also talk about the upcoming NBA playoffs. Not upcoming, it has started. So we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, and we're also going to talk about the game. I mean, it's big time show, doing big time ratings on cable. So we're going to talk to Jay Ellis about that. He's doing well. A lot of great things going on with Jay Ellis. A lot of great things going on with Jay Ellis. So we're going to talk to Jay Ellis about all those. Great things going on. So it should be exciting talking to Jay about those things. I mean, you look at now everything that's going on in the world of sports in terms of what we see with the NBA playoffs starting and how exciting that is. I mean, you know, this is the most wonderful time of the year. It doesn't get any better than the NBA playoffs. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, this is – this is just me talking. You know, you might have a different opinion, but this is just me. There's nothing more exciting than the NBA playoffs. Nothing at all. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's going to be exciting to watch, exciting to see all the possibilities of what may happen. I said in the Eastern Conference, bottom line, I said in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat are coming out. Unless something happens to Dwayne Wade, Unless something crazy happens to Dwayne Wade in terms of injury, there is no way that the Miami Heat does not make the NBA Finals. I just, it's kind of hard for me to envision the Miami Heat losing. It really is. I mean, last time we saw it was 2011. But it's going to be difficult for me to see the Miami Heat losing if Dwayne Wade is 
healthy. If he's not healthy, then I can see it. I can definitely see it. If he's healthy, I can't see the Indiana Pacers beating the Miami. I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I can't see it. I can't see it. And you know, I'm excited of the possibilities, obviously. And and these playoffs are exciting. And these playoffs are going to be interesting. And I just can't wait. I really can't wait. I want to go to, the, to to boxing real fast. And last week we had the big fight, Timothy Bradley, Manny Pacquiao. And Manny Pacquiao got his revenge, and, and the right guy won. I mean, we all know the right guy was Manny Pacquiao in 2012 who should have really won that fight, who did win that fight, but he didn't get the decision. And then you have also, you have also, you know, obviously everybody who saw that fight knew Manny Pacquiao won. It wasn't even close. I mean, the guy landed by 100 punches in that first fight. In the second fight, so the second fight was going to be interesting. We're going to see if Timothy Bradley really could actually beat, could actually beat Manny Pacquiao, and he wasn't able to do it. Pacquiao dominated the fight. Pacquiao won again, and I guess it goes back to the age-old question. What? Can, can Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao finally get it on? Will they finally get it on? I mean, it goes back to that age-old question. Will those two finally get it on? And I'm waiting, anticipating, and hoping that it could actually happen. But I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> I'm really not holding my breath because I know, you know, there's so much in front of this, so much in the way of this. The Cold War with Top Rank and, and Golden Boy, you know, Floyd Mayweather saying he does not want to work with Bob Arum. That's going to be standing in the way. I mean, you have all these things standing in the way of the possibilities of a big-time fight between Mayweather and Pacquiao. I'm not holding my breath. I would be shocked if it happens. But doesn't mean I have, does, does not mean I don't have hope. Because I have hope. And I have hope and believe that one day those two will finally get it on. But, again, not holding my breath. Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson, at this point, he believes he'll be, fi- he'll be fired. I believe he'll be fired. And I think pretty much everybody believes that Mike Woodson's going to be fired. He's, quote, unquote, bracing for the worst. And here's the funny thing about Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson doesn't want to talk to Phil Jackson, doesn't want to have a meeting with Phil Jackson, and would prefer that, according to reports, would prefer that Phil Jackson goes through his agent. And, I mean, at this point, you know, I look at Mike Woodson. He's a a dead man walking. He is a dead man walking at this point. So I'd be shocked if he actually survives. I'd be shocked. And, And I don't see any way that he will survive. I don't see any way he will survive. I mean, I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked. But we'll see. Only time will tell. But I would be shocked if he survives and is still the Knicks coach. I don't, think, I don't blame completely Mike Woodson for what happened with the Knicks. But at the end of the day, when, Phil Jack, when you have new management, and management is going to bring in who they want to bring in, and obviously Phil Jackson is going to bring in who he wants to bring in. It might even be Steve Kerr. So we'll see. When we come back, we're going to be joined by another guy preparing – for the upcoming NFL draft, former University of South Alabama quarterback Ross Matheny. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. 
Hello, welcome to Go For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean see anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know what? I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you, you, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that Rossi. That's called brother. All right. And we're back. And we're going to bring in another guy preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. This is a guy that uh, got a lot of compliments at his pro day. Uh, Teams like the Steelers, the Seahawks, Dolphins, they were there, and they gave this man a lot of compliments. Uh, compliments as he prepares for this draft, and he really showed some good things at his pro day. We're going to bring him in now, former University of South Alabama quarterback, Ross Matheny. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, Ross, you had the pro day last month, and there were some scouts there from the Steelers, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Dolphins. And they gave you a lot of compliments. What did they say? <laughs> um, it, was, it was good. It was good. You know, it was good to go out there and, and run well and test well and, and, uh, and throw well. And, um, you know, they just uh, they were complimentary. Um, just uh, just kind of, you know, going out there and controlling what I, what I can control. And, um, you know, it was just uh, good to go out there and have a good day. Um, I'm glad it went well. And, and I guess we're kind of waiting, waiting and see what happens. Now, you said that you hoped that the pro day would lead to more tryouts. At this point, do you have any uh, team visits planned? Um, there's, there's been no uh, private workouts set up yet. Um, you know, and, and that kind of, it is what it is. Um, I, I'm not in control of that, so I can't really worry about that. Um, you know, if, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, you know, that's fine, too. Um, you know, again, I'm just kind of, kind of just training and, and staying ready and, and uh, you know, doing what I can. So, um, you know, I guess the next couple of weeks we'll see if anything happens, but if not, then we'll just kind of keep rolling. Now, how pumped up were you to show the scouts what you could do at your pro day? Was, was that a big – were you so excited for that opportunity? You know, it, since the beginning of the year, you know, you train. You know, I'm down here training for a couple months, a couple months, you know, just this one, this one day, this one afternoon. And um, so, you know, it, it was a little bit of a relief to kind of go out there and perform well. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, right now I feel like I'm the best football player I've, I've been in my life. You know, I've, okay. I've uh, you know, put on, put on some weight. Um, you know, I'm throwing the ball better, uh, more accurately, with more velocity than I ever have. And um, so, you know, it was, it was good to kind of go out there and throw well and just kind of do what I can do. Now, did you have to guard against getting too pumped up and being too pumped up for that pro day? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm kind of a kind of a you know calm guy anyway. That's just my demeanor. Okay. Um, so you know, I I didn't I don't get too too excited or too too rattled either way. Um, so that was kind of you know I was confident in, in what I was you know going to do. I was you know felt good about how I was going to run and test, and you know I felt confident I was going to throw well. 
um, to the guys I was throwing with. And so um, for me, it was just another workout, <laughs> just like uh, been training for the last couple of months for that thing, and just kind of went out there and, and did what I what I've been doing. So um, you know, I guess I guess some guys can kind of get too excited and too antsy and and that can lead to some troubles. But for me, um, you know, I just kind of approached it as another day and uh, just went out there and worked. We're talking to former University of South Alabama quarterback Ross Matheny. And, Ross, you you seem to have the size, 6'3", you have the speed, you ran about a 4'6". But as a whole, what do you feel like you need to improve on in order for you to be successful on the next level? Sure. Um, Well, you know, really it's just, you know, you know, continuing to work on your craft as a whole, um, you know, you're never satisfied with, with you know, how, how you're performing, and you always want to strive for greatness. Um, you know, for me, you know, there's always things fundamentally, um, you know, making sure you stay on balance in the pocket, um, you know, driving the ball downfield, things like that, and then, you know, continuing to grow mentally as well. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have a pretty good feel for the game, um, but there's always room for improvement. And, um, you know, growing mentally in the film room, and physically, you know, with fundamentals and things like that, um, it's a continual effort to get better. Now, you spent three seasons at Virginia, and ultimately you transferred to South Alabama. How much does that experience at Virginia help you moving forward? Um, I tell you, my my time at Virginia um, made me successful at South Alabama. Um, okay. You know, I, I think the, the, the things that I've learned um, through that whole process – um, are invaluable. Um, you know, in my career, uh, my entire playing career, I've I learned, you know, three offensive systems, um, one of them which is the pro style, and, you know, being able to take um, bits and pieces from all those and applying them together, you know, to become a complete football player, um, you know, I think is, is beneficial. And uh, the adversity I faced at Virginia, um, you know, competing for the starting job, not earning it, things like that, um, just kind of I use those as fuel and motivation uh, for success down here, and, and I feel blessed the way everything worked out. Now, the numbers were good this season at South Alabama, over 2,600 yards passing, 15 touchdowns by air, another 10 on the ground, so 25 in total. As a whole, for those who have not seen you play, describe your style of play. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I'm the guy who's going to, you know, blow you away with a with a rocket laser arm or, you know, going to, you know, uh, turn on the burners and, and burning up the sideline or anything like that. But, you know, I think um, I'm just the guy who is going to go out there and lead. And, um, you know, I think uh, intangible-wise, uh, you know, intangibles in quarterback play are so often overlooked and they're so valuable. Um, so, you know, I think that I kind of hang my hat on intangibles. Um, you know, just kind of understanding game management, um, understanding that, you know, getting in a second and five is better than taking a back and things like that. And, you know, when to convert and throw it away and, you know, just being smart with football. Um, you know, just poise and, and leadership and, and things like that, I think, are things that are, um, you know, often looked over in quarterback play that, you know, I think I, I do a pretty good job of. Now, I, I saw some clips of you, man. I saw some breakaway speed. I saw some long runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, uh, you know, I never said I was slow, but uh, – <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> No, it's, uh, we, we, we run when we have to and, we, and when we can and when it's called for and, you know, just try to put our team in a successful situation. Right, right. You're a left-hander. Did, who was your favorite quarterback growing up? Did, was your favorite quarterback a left-hander? Who was it? 
Well, you know, the lefties are few and far between, Paul. I mean, it's hard to find, you know, other than other than Steve Young and and uh, the Snake Stabler. You know, they're 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 few and far between. So, um, you know, I've always kind of watched the the the, the technicians, um, the guys like Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, okay. Peyton Manning. You know, those guys are um, you guys I look up to and and study their film just to see how how they play. And I think their style of play kind of fits uh, who I try to be. Okay. Okay. Did you have a favorite team? Um, yeah, not not necessarily. Um, I'm just a fan of good football. <laughs> you know, okay. um, I just you know, I just kind of watch the games. Um, and uh, you know, I, just, I like I like seeing good good quarterback play. And um, you know, I root for the hometown teams. You know, I'm, I'm from Virginia, so I root for the Redskins and Steelers because those are the two closest. But um, right. but really, it's just I like like watching good football. Now, I'm hearing that you possibly could go late in the draft or possibly as a free agent. What are you hearing at this point? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard as much as you have, you know. Um, okay. Again, I'm not in control of any of that, um, so I'm just trying to focus on what I can control, and that's, you know, training and, and staying ready and, and being the best football player I can be. Um, you know, I think everything will kind of happen and, and – and, um, if it's meant to be, then, then it'll happen. And, um, you know, I'm trusting you know, my agent and, and Pro Star Sports. They've done a great job of um, you know, getting my name out there and re- representing me, which is, you know, I'm very thankful for. And um, so, you know, I guess we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. And, and I'm doing my end and, and, and staying ready. And then uh, if my name gets called or I get a call, then um, we'll move forward with that and be excited about it. Now, I'm a coach or a GM. I'm, I'm going to play that role. Tell me, tell me, Ross. Why should I draft you? <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm the guy who's going to be, you know, be in the in the field house. I'm going to know what's going on. I'm going to know your offense, um, and I'm going to be able to get the job done. Um, you know, I'm going to be a good character guy in, in in the locker room and and not have any issues. And you know, I just want you to be able to to rely on me. And um, if, if if you can do that, then then we'll get it we'll get it going and, and be excited about it and move forward. <laughs> so, how are you going to watch? Are you going, are you going to watch this draft alone? Or are you going to watch it with friends, family? Where are you watching the draft? Yeah, um, you know, I'll just be I'll be at home with my family. Um, being down here in Alabama, my family's up in Virginia, so I haven't seen them in you know half a year. <laughs> so, okay. it'll be nice just just to be you know around friends and family and and just kind of checking it out and and um, you know enjoying enjoying the weekend. And um, you know, I have a lot of my a lot of my buddies. Or a couple of my buddies um, from Virginia are, you know, getting drafted, and so it'll be fun to see where they land. And and um, it's just a neat experience, you know, right now with with all of us kind of going through the process, just kind of uh, absorbing it all and having fun with it. Now, Ross, you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, my handle is uh, rmathini15 um, on Twitter. Uh, feel free to follow me. I'll give you a shout out or something. But um, I guess in the day of social media that it is now, it's kind of a big thing. <laughs> Ross, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. Hey, I appreciate you, Paul. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Take care. All right, take care. Ross Matheny, former University of South Alabama quarterback, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, which is what, two weeks away, two weeks away.
So it should be an exciting time, a very exciting time for him. I want to go back to the NBA playoffs now. Um, I gave you who I was, who I thought was going to win the Eastern Conference. That was going to be the Miami Heat, and that's not really hard to say because the Miami Heat, uh, I believe, is the best team in the Eastern Conference. But again, we'll see what happens with Dwayne Wade. That is the X factor. But let's go out west, and then the Western Conference is, is just as intriguing, if not more intriguing. And I would say more intriguing than what we see in the West, in the East. Excuse me. I mean, you have teams now. You have, I mean, you have seven 50-win teams. And the Dallas Mavericks, who is in the eighth spot, have won 49 games. So the reality is you have a lot of high-powered, big-time, very good basketball teams. And the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. These playoffs in the Western Conference are going to be tough. And I look at, you know, out east, for the most part, two teams. Out west, Seattle, I mean, um, San Antonio, excuse me. OKC, Clippers, Houston. I mean, those four teams, I think, are, are the four teams that could legitimately make a run in these playoffs and get out of the Western Conference and ultimately get to the NBA Finals. That's what makes this so intriguing. I mean, you look at San Antonio, you know, they're 0-8 against OKC in Houston. So... Those two teams match up well against the San Antonio Spurs. And I believe the OKC would have gotten to the NBA Finals if not for the injury of Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook goes down, and that was the end of a a title run for OKC. Westbrook down, title run ends. That was the end. That was the end. And so you look at the situation there, and obviously, I believe if OKC and San Antonio do meet up again in the conference finals, I believe OKC gets it done. I really do. I believe I thought OKC would have got it done last year. But anyway, I'm looking at some of these matchups, and you have Portland. I mean, not out of Portland. Well, we could start with Portland and the Rockets. Four or five matchup. Two teams have won the same amount of games, 54 games. Two teams that really don't defend as well as they probably should. So with that being said, this should lead to a very exciting up-and-down, lot-of-points type of matchup. And I think if you like a lot of points, then I think you're going to like this series because there is going to be a lot of points scored in this series. It just is. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this series. There really is. I mean, these two teams – you know, these two teams are, are very powerful, high-powered, high-octane type of teams. They can put the ball in the basket. These two teams put the ball in the basket. They just do and have throughout the course of this season. You look at their four matchups. In each of those four matchups, each team has scored over 100 points. So you're going to expect each game, each team, to put over to get over 100 points, you, you're, you're you're expecting over 100 points out of these two teams per game. I mean, the Houston Rockets won the season series three games to one, but you know, each and every game, 116-101, Rockets win, Blazers win, 111-104, Rockets win, 126-113, Rockets win, 118-113. So 
over 100 points in each of the games. Each team has gotten over 100. Each team. So they're going to score the basketball, and they're going to put the ball in the basket. I look at this series, and I look at it now, and and it's going to be an intriguing series from the standpoint just because these two teams just put the ball in the basket. But, I mean, and, oh, by the way, these teams really don't defend very well. I mean, Houston's 23rd, 23rd in points allowed, and Portland is 22nd in points allowed. So 22nd and 23rd team in points allowed. Guess what? Guess what? That's going to be a lot of scoring. And, oh, by the way, Portland is 4th in points per game, and oh, by the way, the Rockets are second in points per game. Told you, it's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, a whole in this series, in these games between Portland and the Houston Rockets. But I, I look at the Houston Rockets, and, and I look at their big guys, Dwight Howard and um, James Harden, and what they've done. What they've done. I mean, the average score in this series is 116 to 110. That's the average score. That is the average score. That tells you something. That tells you something. And also, Houston's two big guys, Dwight Howard and James Harden, have put up big-time points against these trailblazers. I mean, James Harden, 30 points, seven rebounds, five assists against the Blazers this year. And also, Dwight Howard, 25 and 13 against the Blazers this year. So both of these guys have put up big-time numbers. You're you're two big-time guys. You're two big-time guys. I just think Houston, deeper team, and I think with the way Howard and and James Harden have played against the Trailblazers this year, I think you have to say advantage Rockets. And I like the Rockets to get this done in six. I like the Rockets to get this done in six. And, I'm hoping the Rockets get get this done in six because I want to see the Rockets and Spurs in that next round. I believe the Spurs will will have no trouble with the Memphis Grizzlies. I see that as a five-game series, actually. I, I don't think the Spurs will have any trouble with the Grizzlies. I really don't. They haven't had trouble with the didn't, – didn't have trouble with the Grizzlies last year and didn't have trouble with the Grizzlies throughout the course of this regular season. So I really like the Grizzlies – to get it done, I mean, excuse me, the, the Spurs to get it done against the Grizzlies. And so I'm looking forward to that second round of Rockets-Spurs. And that, my friend, should be very interesting. The Rockets have had success against the Spurs. So that should be very interesting. But we'll see how this thing plays out. But I like the Rockets in six against the Blazers. Going to be a good series, going to be a close series, but I think the Rockets get it done. I really do. San Antonio-Memphis, I, I did say the, the Spurs will win that in five. Also, also, OKC in Dallas, Dirk Nowitzki against Kevin Durant. That's going to be interesting. Um, I think OKC is going to win this series. But I think Dallas, excuse me, I got it all mixed up. Spurs and Mavericks. I'd like the Spurs to beat the Mavericks. I don't see that being close. i like the Spurs to beat the Mavericks in five. But the Grizzlies and OKC. I like OKC to win that series also in five. I mean, I, I just think right now, you know, and I was hoping, I guess it was more wishful thinking, I was hoping it would be Mavericks, um, 
OKC for the simple fact is I wanted to see that Dirk and Kevin Durant matchup. But anyway, I think, you know, OKC shouldn't have any problems with Memphis. I like that. Memphis in five. I mean, excuse me, OKC in five. And then, then Spurs and Mavericks. Uh, you know, I like the Spurs also in five. I think Dallas gets one. But I don't think it's going to be that close. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be competitive, but at the end of the day, I think the Spurs get it done in five. But I want to look at um, the, what I think is going to be the most intriguing matchup of these playoffs, at least this first round, is the Clippers against the Golden State Warriors, two teams that hate each other. I mean, these two teams hate each other. They hate each other. They don't like each other. You know, they, they're calling uh, Blake Griffin a flopper. You know, Clay Thompson calling him a flopper. I mean, the, these two teams don't like each other. It, it's, it's personal with these two teams. It's personal. Jermaine O'Neal and, and Blake Griffin got into it throughout the, uh, earlier in the season. You know, you have the matchup of the point guards, Steph Curry and, and Chris Paul. Steph Curry, the type of point guard, kind of a score first. He's a score first point guard. Chris Paul more of a pass-first guy. Both, both of those guys equally effective in what they do. So it's going to be interesting. Chris Paul is going to have to work on the defensive end. And Steph Curry is going to have to work on the defensive end. You know, one of the big keys in this series is, is the loss of Andrew Bogut. And he's probably going to miss this series. So that's going to be a key loss. But Jermaine O'Neal, maybe he could turn back the clock. Not a bad year for him when he was healthy. Almost eight points a game, five rebounds. So not bad. But you don't have that depth that you had with with an Andrew Bogut. But I mean, this 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 is going to be a good one. This is going to be a physical series. This is going to be a good one. And I know a lot of you watched the thirty for thirty the other night, the Bad Boy Pistons. Maybe we'll see a little bit of that in this series. Obviously, not to the degree, because you know some of the things going on that those bad boys did <laughs> obviously wouldn't be tolerated in today's NBA. Some of those guys might even be kicked out the league. I mean, some of the things that you saw uh, from the bad boy Pistons. And it's just a, that's just a, that era. I mean, you saw a lot. Of, I mean, Kurt Rambis getting clotheslined. You remember that? I mean, against the Celtics. So, you know, that's just – I charge that to that era of basketball. That's what that's all about. That's an era of basketball. And what a great era, 80s and 90s. Of the, what a great era of basketball it really was. Really was. But anyway, you're going to see a lot of physical play in this series. You really are. And again, these are two teams that don't like each other. And that's always, always good for business in terms of a, a, a series. I mean, it, that's always good for business. Always good for business. And these two teams split their season series. They split their season series. So it's going to be close. It's going to be close. And you look at Golden State, they're a very good basketball team. You put Golden State in the Eastern Conference, who knows what could happen? Who knows what could happen? But the Clippers are playing some good basketball. You have to say the size advantage goes to the Clippers. But Golden State can go small. And, you know, you wonder if they, if they do go small, whether that will nullify the size advantage that the Clippers have. If they do go small, will it nullify the size of the that the Clippers have? I look at this series, and, and 
it's going to be a good series. And, and I think when it's all said and done, I think the size will matter in this one. But it's going to be close. And Steph Curry, we all know what he can do in the playoffs. We all know uh, the type of explosions that he can have. I mean, we all know. we all seen it last year in those playoffs. He's had some explosions. But this is a Golden State team that's well coached, a Golden State team that has super, a superstar in Steph Curry, and we all know superstars win titles. Superstars, having a superstar is very important to winning a championship. But you also have the Clippers who have Blake Griffin, who's turning into a superstar, Chris Paul, who some believe is a superstar. And if he's not a superstar, he's close to it. But Chris Paul has never gotten out of the second round. Never gotten out of the second round. But this is going to be great. This is going to be a fun series. But when it's all said and done, I like the Clippers in a hard-fought, physical seven-game series. I think the Clippers get it done. And that seventh game at home in L.A. is going to be what puts them over the top. I love the Clippers. And I don't love the Clippers, but I like the Clippers in this series, and I think the Clippers get it done in seven. It's going to be a good one, folks, an absolute good one. This, to me, is the series I'm looking forward to the most at all the series, at all. But, again, I like Houston in six. I like the Clippers in seven. I like OKC in five. And I like San Antonio in five. So that's how I see the Western Conference. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, I have the Miami Heat coming out of the East. And out West, I have the OKC Thunder coming out of the Western Conference. I think OKC would have been there last year, and I think they'll be there this year. They have a good matchup against the Spurs. And actually, actually, who knows? The way the Rockets have played the Spurs, maybe they're playing the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. A matchup I would love to see for the simple fact of James Harden and, and that dynamic. But anyway, I think it's going to come down to Spurs and OKC, and I think OKC gets it done and they get back to the uh, NBA Finals. It's going to be a rematch of the Finals a couple years ago of OKC and Miami going to be a good one. I, and before the season, I, I, I could stick to my pick of the beginning of the season where I had the Spurs going to the NBA Finals, but I could stay with that pick. But I, I'm going to stay. I'm going to go with the pick, I believe, now. I mean, it, it was, that was before the 82 games were played. 82 games have been played, and after 82 games, I'm going to make my pick, and that pick has changed. It's going to be Miami and OKC, Miami and OKC in the NBA Finals, and that's going to be a great matchup because we all know Kevin Durant is going to win the MVP. So it's going to be a matchup of MVPs over the last three years. It's going to be a matchup of MVPs over MVPs over the last three years. I think Kevin Durant's going to win the MVP. And with that being said, Durant. LeBron should be a great NBA Finals. And if you're the NBA, you couldn't ask for more. You couldn't ask for more. I mean, the two best players in your league facing off in the NBA Finals on the biggest stage. You can't ask for anything better than that. You just can't. You can't ask for anything more. 
two best teams, biggest stage, two best players, biggest stage. Can't ask for that. You can't ask for anything more than that. And I, I believe it's going to happen. I believe it will happen. And I believe this time around. This time around, I think it's going to be a little different. Maybe it'll be a passing of a torch, if you will, the passing of the torch from – and let's be clear about something. I do believe that LeBron James is still the best player in basketball. I believe that LeBron James is still the best player in basketball. But, but, and I'm just going to stick with the storyline, maybe it'll be a passing of a torch on some level of LeBron – passing the torch to KD, or at least sharing the stage, if you will, as one of the better players in the game with LeBron James. At least he'll be a part of the conversation. He's he's a part of the conversation now. But obviously Durant's the better scorer, but LeBron's probably the better all-around player. Not probably. He is the better all-around player. But Kevin Durant, his numbers, eye-popping. His numbers are eye-popping this season. Eye-popping. Eye-popping. Big time. He was big time. And I think he's ready. He's ready to take that next step. He's ready to get to that next level. He's ready. He's ready. And and, and I think it's going to be very fun to watch. I think it's going to be very exciting to watch. It's going to be much different than what we saw a few years back where Miami beat them in five. It's going to be a much different situation. I mean, Westbrook, more battle-tested since then, I believe. They, they, they'll, be, they'll, they'll learn from that experience of a couple of years ago against the Miami Heat, and they'll think, I think they'll use that experience to make this experience a much better time. I, I, I just think this, that, that previous experience is really going to help with this experience, with this upcoming NBA Finals. I really do. So I believe OKC will beat the Miami Heat. I believe OKC will beat the Miami Heat. I'm not going to give you the amount of games. I'll give you the amount of games as we get closer. I'll give you the amount of games as we get closer to it. But what the heck? OKC in six. OKC beats Miami in six. Kevin Durant gets his champ, his first chip. He has the MVP. Wow, it's going to be a great year for Kevin Durant. MVP and also an NBA ring, a championship ring. Can't get any better. Does not get any better than that. Does not get any better than that. Doesn't. Doesn't get any better than that. So expect that from KD as he gets his first title along with his first MVP. And we'll see. And and also, you look at it, I mean, it could be the end of the big three in Miami anyway. It, it could be the end of the big three in Miami anyway with LeBron James having the ability to opt out. Maybe LeBron goes to L.A. and joins Kobe. Maybe he joins Kobe in L.A. Maybe he sees, gets that L.A. life go to another big city. Should be interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited. 
And these playoffs are going to be so exciting. And these playoffs, I, I think it's going to be a passing of a torch on some level. To KD, from LeBron to KD. That's going to be the passing of the torch. Should be fun. You're going to love these playoffs. I, I think these are going to be the better, going to be some very good playoffs in the NBA. I mean, I, I think it's really going to be something to watch, something to see. Something to see. You'll love it. You will love it. Let's go around the NBA now. and You have Kobe Bryant in Europe rehabbing, getting himself right for the next season. You know, he, he said this was an awful season. That, you know, that kind of goes without saying. Kind of goes without saying. This was an awful season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Awful season. Awful season for the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers were bad. And and if I told you, if I told you two years ago that the Los Angeles Lakers would have, that the Phoenix Suns would have a better record than the Los Angeles Lakers in 2013-2014, you would have said I was crazy. You would have said I was crazy. Because you look at those two teams. You look at how now you you look at how the Suns essentially were in rebuilding mode when they traded away Steve Nash to the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, the Suns were basically in rebuilding mode. They were in rebuilding mode. They were. The Suns were in rebuilding mode. They were in rebuilding mode. And then all of a sudden, the Suns are now a team that won 49 games, and the Lakers are a 20-plus win team. Wow. Absolutely surprising. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had... Some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but I just don't see anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you. you I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that right. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. And we're back. We're about to bring in a guy now doing some big things on BET's hit series, The Game. This guy is a lifelong Lakers fan, by the way, as well. But uh, this man loves the sport of basketball, so we're going to talk about the NBA players with him as well. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game, Jay Ellis. Trying to get him on now. 
All right, we're going to try to get him back on. We had a little issue there. Try to get him on. Jay. Yeah, Jay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some technical difficulties. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Now, Jay, the NBA playoffs, they get started today. A lot of questions uh, out here. Will the Heat defend their crown? I mean, you look at both conferences, pretty wide open. What are you man, expecting is, these playoffs, this, man? Hey, this is one of the most this – is, this is super exciting, man. I feel like it's one of the more exciting, like, uh, NBA playoffs that we've had in a while. I mean, I'm really looking for uh, – I think it's going to – on the West, I think it's going to be the Spurs and the Clippers. Uh, okay. On the East, I think it's going to be Indiana and Miami. You know, I think they the four of them. I don't know who's going to end up where. I, I I know that I would love to see, you know, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan. I'd love to see those guys get another one. But at the same time, I'm an LA boy, so you know, I love the Clip joint. Those are my dudes. So I really want to see them come through too. Nobody ever thought the Clippers would ever, ever, ever be in this place. You know what I mean? So it, it's an amazing thing to see them playing such great basketball. So you see the Clippers and Spurs in the Western Conference Finals, correct? Yeah, I see. I see the Clippers and the Spurs. So OKC, no. I, I, I listen. I was, you, and you know I'm torn because I'm from Oklahoma, so you know I'm torn on this. But I, I, I think that I think the the Clippers are on that side, right? I think the Clippers would have to go through Oklahoma City, right? Uh, they would, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, uh, man, I, I don't know. I just feel like they, they just doing something amazing down there, man. And I, and I really, uh, I would love to see them pull it out. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, you know, uh, Kevin Durant is still obviously one of the most dominant players in the game, and you know they got a great roster up and down between you know uh, Westbrook and Serge, and you, you never know with those guys. But I think that's going to be a really interesting series to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I, it's been a first time in a long time where you have so many intriguing matchups, and then you have so, it's it's just so wide open. So right. wide open. Right, right, right. It should, it should make for a great playoff. I want to go to your Lakers. I, w- I want to go to Uh-oh. your Lakers now. I mean, obviously a, a bad season for the Lakers. Kobe Bryant in and out of the lineup and ultimately uh, didn't play much this season. This team was bad. Uh, d- d- is there hope for the future? There is cap space. There's a lot of cap space, you know, and I I, I, I do, too. Well, I don't want to say a lot because you got that, that, that big bonus. Uh uh, but I do think there is – I think there's growth, man. You know, I think you can't you, – you can never count Mamba out, number one. Uh, the dude comes back and, you know, at 16, 17 years in the game, he's still, you know, top three, top four, top five player in the game with, without a question. So, you know, I think he's definitely a dude who can carry a team on his back. So, you know, with, with, with the offseason and free agency, I think we might get a few picks, pick up a few dudes that will help us out. We'll see. I mean – you have. There's I, I want to also look at it like this. Go ahead. There's, there's, there's a couple people who want to leave the cities they're in, <laughs> and would definitely go to. I'm not gonna say no names, but there's a few people who want to leave the cities they're in, and would definitely <laughs> go to LA to play. Is one nicknamed King? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, oh, I, I look at. I, I look at this Laker team, and if I would have told you two years ago that the Suns 
would have a better record than the Lakers in 2013-2014, you would have said I was crazy, right? Yeah, man, I heard you saying that uh, right when I when it, right before I got on, and you're right. I don't think anybody ever would have thought that, ever would have thought that. It's it's uh, it's crazy, but you know, it's one of those things where you know, you listen again, you lose what is arguably one of the you know top three, four most dominant players in the game. He, you know, that dude wins a lot of a lot of games are on his back, and, and it's a young Lakers team too. You know, it's a lot of guys that are stepping into roles that. You know they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They may not have had these opportunities at other places. So, Definitely. so you know what I mean. And it's a lot of guys that are getting to step up and, and and prove themselves, which is really dope. And you get these guys now. They've had this season. They'll come back. They'll have a season off season to jail with him. You know, preseason to jail with Kobe, and 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 you know whatever uh, whatever uh, off season uh, whatever we get in the off season as, as far as pickups. And I think they'll come back next year. And you know, hopefully their record will be far better than the Suns next year. So you want a new coach as well? <laughs> I was never on that bandwagon to begin with, so I, I've, I've always wanted a new coach. I was never on the, 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 the D'Antoni uh, bandwagon. Okay, okay. Either way, no, awesome. no disrespect, but I just don't think that that's I, – I, I don't think that he uh, – I, I just don't think that he's a, he's a coach that can get them where they need to go. We're talking to one of the stars of BT's hit series, The Game, Jay Ellis. And, Jay, The Game, back and better than ever. I mean, you guys are pulling in big-time ratings on BT. I mean, you guys are one of the highest-rated shows on cable. Talk about the success of this show. Man, it is it is, uh, it's mind-blowing. I don't think any of us, you know, it's crazy because when we're in it, we're in a vacuum. You know, we shoot four or five months uh, out of the year. and We shoot four or five months out of the year. Uh, in Atlanta, and we're in a vacuum. We don't know what we're doing. We're just doing it. You know, we're down here having fun and just, you know, working together. And for us to then turn around and see it on camera, which is amazing because we're seeing it for the first time as well. And a lot of times we're seeing each other's work for the first time. So we don't know what the other people are doing in their other scenes. But uh, for the fans to just take it on, I mean, this, this, the ratings are crazy, man. We're, we're, we're like yeah. the number one show on cable, half-hour show on cable, and we're top ten on TV on Tuesday nights, period, which is crazy, you know what I mean, for yeah, us to, for sure. to, to be rated that high. It's a blessing for sure. Now, you look at this show, and, I, and to me, one of the underrated parts of the show is the comedy. I mean, this is a funny show, and, and it's, it's kind of a funny show on the low. I mean, you look at the show, you have drama, but you also have comedy, too. Talk about that. Right, yeah, it's real life. I, I think, you know, you can't – I don't think you can have drama without comedy and, and vice versa. You know, I think there are moments, let's say, there are moments and there are times when, when things happen in life, and, and sometimes all you can do is look at them and smile. You know, sometimes all you can do is just look at them and say, well, what can I do? But, you know, try and figure it out and make it right. You know what I mean? And I think that's the real about about the game. You know, you have those moments where somebody says something funny or does something funny and you kind of giggle and then you turn around and something slaps you in the face and you got to deal with that, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think our writers are, are brilliant at, at For sure. those little nuances in real life. Now, Three episodes left of the game. I mean, this season has been a lot of fun. What can we expect in the final three episodes? Man, 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 man. <laughs> I'm telling you, when this last episode comes, I'm telling you right now, everybody's going to be like, what the hell is going on? It is, 
this is this is I, it's one of the it's definitely the biggest cliffhanger that I think that the game has had uh, in its seven seasons. I think this season is definitely the biggest cliffhanger, and it's going to leave people like with their jaws literally dropped. Uh, but we, you know, we're we gonna see a lot. Tasha's, Tasha's, Tasha's getting close to popping, so we're gonna see the baby. You know, and and <laughs> and, and, and what's that? And what that's like? You know, for her to become a mother all of a sudden, and Malik become a brother. Uh, we get to right. see Kira and Blue figure out, you know, what 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 is really going on? Are they playing house? Are they getting serious? You know, we we get to see them figure out which road they actually want to go down. If they, you know, sure. want to be together forever, or if they want to just, you know. Playhouse and just fill a little bit of time before they move on, and uh, and then you know, Jason Pitts and Chardonnay and Kelly is a whole just. I mean, that itself could take ten episodes because that is a mess for sure. <laughs> a, a mess, and Chardonnay is not happy about it, bro, at all. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing. I mean, I, I look at you and Lauren London. I mean, there seems to be a lot of chemistry, good chemistry on air between you two. Talk about the chemistry you guys have. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we both, you know, I think anytime you show up to work, you always want to do, you want to tell the truth as much as you possibly can. You want to be as honest as you can possibly be. And and Lauren is such a vulnerable, like her her vulnerabilities in, in this character when she's playing Kira, um, her vulnerabilities are so amazing. They're so they're like a gift for another actor. You know, I don't have to work nearly as hard because she just she sets it up. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that that is that's and and on the flip side of that, you know, my my uh, my blues walls I think are so so high sometimes that it sets up for her for her on the vulnerability side. So. You know, and then when they both let these, when when she when she's completely open and exposed, and he lets his wall down and he's open, I think you see this great chemistry that that you're talking about and that fans get to see. And uh, again, we don't know it because to us, we like brothers. Like I tell her all the time, she's my little sister, and she tells me all the time, I'm her little brother. Like we argue over who's who's little bro- sibling. You know what I mean? But uh, it's 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 definitely a, a really cool thing to watch unfold on screen. We're talking to one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game, Jay Allison. The Game airs each and every Tuesday at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern on BET. Now, I remember talking to you before the first season, and at the time, you were a relative unknown. Two years later, how much has life changed for Jay Ellis? <laughs> uh, man, I'm still unknown. I can, I, 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 in my mind, anyway, you know, I, it's, um, traveling is, is getting crazy. You know, being home is still pretty. E- it's still pretty easy to move at home. Everybody in LA is too cool. You know, it's celebrities all over the place, so nobody really pays attention. Everybody's too cool in LA. But traveling is definitely getting uh, a little bit harder. I'm in Atlanta right now, and I went to go work at the gym yesterday, and somebody FaceTimed their sister and just pointed their phone at me for like two minutes while I worked out yesterday <laughs> and didn't think that I knew that they were doing it. You know what I mean? Like that's it, creepy it's stuff like. Yeah, it's creepy, but it's, it's it's stuff like that that you know you really start to see your privacy kind of go out the window. Um, and it's you know I I signed up for it and I'm learning to deal with it the best I can. You know I know that the fans mean well, so so I try to uh, show them as much love as I can, man. Now I mean with that with the popularity comes women. I mean what's going on there on that front? I mean you're single, <laughs> you're you're in a relationship. I'm still single, bro. I, I've, I've dated a little bit. I've dated a little bit for sure, but uh, 
you know, it's not easy. The schedule is not easy. I think it's part of it. And when you're dating someone in this industry, on top of it, you know, her schedule may not be as easy. And I think that's the thing that that I've really learned over the last year and a half is, is you know, we move a lot sometimes. I don't know the right. last uh, – and, and so it's hard to, to both be in the same place long enough to actually build a strong – you know, to build a foundation, to build a real relationship. One of us has to be off and be able right. to move with the other one a lot of times. So, you know, I, I applaud, like, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce. I applaud, you know, all those those powerhouse couples that make it work because it's definitely tough. It sounds like you need a girl that's not in the industry. Maybe. that It could be that, too. But then, you know, it's also tough getting a lady to understand the industry side of it. You know, it's tough getting someone right. that understands, you know, how much I do have to move around or the fact that I'm, you know, basically relocated for four or five months out of the year shooting in another place. You know what I mean? Right. Well, now you you have everything going on with the game. What else is going on with Jay Ellis outside the game? Man, I uh, I just finished a couple movies this year. I did a movie called My Favorite Five that will come out later this year. Uh, I did a really great film called November Rule. It's a little rom-com, a lot of fun. Queen Latifah produced. She's got a great cast. That will come out right around November. Um, I'm doing a lot of my, a lot, a lot, a lot of philanthropy, a lot of charity work. Uh, I've been volunteering quite a bit, actually, in the last two months. So uh, I'm really looking forward to doing more of that this summer as well. So where can fans find out all the great things going on with Jay Ellis? Uh, you can look on my website, which is jayellis.com. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at J-A-Y-R-E-L-L-I-S, J-R Ellis, on, on Twitter and on Instagram. Man, I remember when the game first started, you were at like 100 or so followers. Now you're up to like 34,000. <laughs> Still not enough. <laughs> no, man, it's been it's been cool. These fans are amazing, man. It's been really it's been really really cool. Uh, the the love the love is just it's unreal. Right. You know, I never would have expected that. You know, you just you just hope to go and do a good job and hope people like it. But when people love it, it's just uh, it's mind blowing. And the world definitely has to be good for you. I mean, you got the game doing big time ratings. You got some movies coming out as well. And also, oh by the way, you're on set, and your love interest happens to be Lauren London. Things are going well for you. Things are going well for you. So, real quickly, who wins the NBA Finals? Can, can I get a prediction? Man. I'm gonna go with the Spurs. Okay, so you like the Spurs? I'm gonna go with the, the, I'm gonna go with the Spurs. I'm gonna go with the Spurs. I'm gonna go with the Spurs. I think okay. I, I, ultimately, I think it's gonna be Spurs Heat, and I think it'll actually go seven. And, okay, so and I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be San Antonio. Okay, so you like the Spurs and the Heat? Yes, sir. We'll see what happens, Jay. Pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. Jay Ellis, one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game. Make sure you check him out each and every Tuesday on BET, 10 o'clock Eastern. You would not, you will not, and I repeat, you will not be disappointed. Very good show there on BET. I want to thank Ross Matheny for stopping by. I also want to thank folks. Phono T for stopping by, and also want to thank Jay Ellis 
for stopping by off of BET's hit series, The Game. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com. Flash P. Gant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Go For It Gant. For everybody here at Go For It, we hope you have a great day, great weekend. Enjoy your Easter. See you later. Take care. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.